You're listening to the Viva La Mami podcast, a podcast about all things motherhood. I'm your host, Jessica Cuevas. I am a mother of one on a mission to redefine the meaning of motherhood as a first-generation, bilingual, and bicultural Latina mommy. Regardless if we feel like a failure from time to time, or if we succeeded with the little things in our motherhood journey, it is important to celebrate all of these experiences as madres. So bring your cafecito as I invite you to be a part of the space and create raw and honest conversations about the exciting and challenging parts of being a mommy. Ahora, vámonos. Hola, hola, amiga. Today we have Vanessa Avalos, who is the owner of Luna y Cielo Play Cafe, a Spanish bilingual playroom where parents can receive support in celebrating our culture and keeping our Spanish language alive with their children. She just secured a space in Logan Square in Chicago, and we are so excited that she is offering a space for all children who want to learn and cultivate the Spanish language. Vanessa is married with two children, and they both attend a dual language school, which began her passion of raising bilingual and bicultural children. Additionally, Vanessa has served as the vice president of Chicago Latina Moms, which I am a proud member of for two years and has been volunteering since 2017. She currently sits on the Small Business Majorities Equity Council to help bring equity for small business owners. This amazing mujer has done it all. She went from doing a regular nine to five to now owning her own business. And it is my privilege to interview her because she literally talks about the importance of raising bilingual and bicultural children. And she literally manifests this through her business. And I have taken D over at Luna y Cielo Play, and it is just wonderful for him to already build comunidad with other children. And it just warms my heart. Fun fact, Luna y Cielo Play is the only bilingual playroom in the city of Chicago. And so it just speaks that there is some momentum now, and I'm really excited that I get to experience this opportunity with my child. But the fact that it just created in 2022, it just tells you that there is a necessidad and there has been a much needed opportunity for all bilingual children to create community within their own language and their own cultura. And so I really appreciate having Vanessa in this conversation as she talks about her business, but also her upbringing, as well as with her intention of raising bilingual and bicultural children. Please note that in this conversation, there were some glitches. Unfortunately, her phone in which the recording was done ran out of battery and so then she had to switch. You may or may not notice we tried our best to make the editing as good as we could, but you may hear some glitches from here and there in in the conversation. But even that, I promise you this is going to be a great interview that I had with Vanessa Avalos. So without further ado, here is my conversation with Vanessa Avalos. Hola Vanessa, ¿cómo estás? 
Muy bien. Thank you so much for being here as well because you are a very busy lady lately <laughs> with Luna y Cielo play and we'll definitely touch on that. This will basically be part of the conversation in addition to you kind of creating a bilingual space. Pero first, if you can tell our listeners a little bit more about yourself and also what do you currently do or even like your past, you know, profession as well, because you have pivoted out of an older profession for this venture. So if you can tell us a little bit more about that, también. Sure. My name is Vanessa Aguirre is my maiden name. Avalos is my married name. I grew up in Logan Square in Chicago, very in the 90s. So it was very much more Latino centric. Now it's very hipster and becoming more and more gentrified. But yeah, my parents working class. My dad was a part of a union. My mom just, you know, she had just regular like office jobs. I have a twin brother. We went to, we were fortunate enough to go to Catholic school. I am second generation Mexican American. So yeah, my parents were the ones that went through a lot of the, the struggles that, you know, first gen Americans go through, but I feel like it was different because it was in the 50s and 60s. My mom was born in Mexico. She came here when she was five and she did all her schooling here. And my dad was born here. My brother and I grew up mostly speaking English. We were born in Texas, so my parents didn't really want us to speak Spanish. I keep on hearing different stories, but the story that I always remember my mom telling me was just because of the racism. And, you know, my mom's intention was to get us back to speaking more Spanish and it kind of just never happened. So yeah, that's just a little bit about me. And I guess that kind of segues into what I'm doing. I've been a stay-at-home mom for six years, seven years maybe. Prior to that, I had been working in the banking industry and then I was working at a nonprofit and I was fundraising for the nonprofit. It was a a private school in Chicago that was providing free education to underprivileged children, mostly first-gen students, and it ended up not working out with that with that um, company. And then I realized once I had my second child, I have an 11-year-old and a five-year-old going on 15. <laughs> He's very strong-willed, <laughs> but yeah, so I ended up when the time came for my husband and I to talk about going back to, to work, I was like, look, I'm not going to go back to work for nonprofit money because I know I'm way more valuable than that. Mm -hmm. And uh, I don't know if you know about Chicago Latina Moms group. Mm -hmm. It's on Facebook. Are you on it? Yes. I can't remember if you're on yes. it. I haven't yes, been I on am. it in a long time. Yes. So that group, I had started doing volunteer work while I was not working, not realizing that it was going to continue on my skills. You know, I developed social media skills. I went to NIU for my undergrad in graphic design and art. So that kind of helped out for social media and such. And during my time, I, I guess now reflecting back, I'm so glad that I I did volunteer. One, it just got me away from the kids for just a little bit. It got me to talking to friends. I developed some amazing friendships there. And it just kept me in the loop, in the know. Networking became a really big thing that I ended up not even realizing that I was doing, but I was doing it. And it kind of lent its hand to where I'm at now with my, my current business. And so how I got into that, so I knew that when I had my daughter that I wanted her to speak Spanish. Um, 
my husband is Mexican and he doesn't speak Spanish. And I know he had lost out on a few job opportunities. And I was like, no, I really want for my kids to not be in that position. I got made fun of for not speaking Spanish. And it's very heartbreaking to have other Latinos tell you that you're not enough because Mm -hmm. you didn't grow up as a first generation. And it's just like, it's not my fault. And that's my, and it took me a long time to understand that. So I knew I wanted to raise my daughter or at the time, my daughter bilingual. I didn't want her to lose out on job opportunities. So I had looked for opportunities for her to speak Spanish. We would read books. We would get books from Amazon. The library here in Berwyn had a really good program. So I just like any type of, you know, Spanish language thing I would get involved Mm in. And even though all of our grandparents, our parents speak Spanish, it was still hard for them to like remember to speak to her in Spanish. Her daycare provider spoke to her in Spanish, which really helped. And then when we were getting ready for school, someone had told me about dual language school in the city, like the old, one of the oldest dual language schools in the city. And we've had her in there pretty much since day one. And it's a wall-to-wall dual language program. And that has really helped. My, my son now is there. He's speaking a lot more Spanish this year. He's in kindergarten. Yeah. So yeah, I just, I wanted to, and then with Chicago Latina Moms, I noticed a lot of people were asking, how do you teach your kids Spanish? And I would, I would always be like, kind of like the expert of like, oh, this is what I do. This is, you know, YouTube or, you know, just different resources. Now there's so many more resources. It's amazing. Like before, I don't remember ever being, ever seeing like Instagram accounts of moms raising bilingual children. And now it's just like exploded, which is amazing. So I, one of my friends, she is like in Chicago, Latino mom, she's like, what about like Greek schools, but for Latinos, like, you know Jewish schools but for Latinos and I was like oh my gosh that would be like a great opportunity to create something I saw the problem and I was like I want to be the one that solves it and I'm not a teacher I don't have any experience in teaching I I would say my passion is connecting people making sure they they get to that right person that that they need to talk to you know we speak a lot about our social network and our capital And we didn't look, our parents didn't know anything about that, you know, like, you know, we, our parents just had friends and like, did they have professional, professional jobs? Not really. It might've just been, you know, at, you know, the phone company or something, but it wasn't like a truly professional job with a college degree. Right. Mm -hmm. And so once I started seeing that us, our generation had those professional jobs, you know, I saw that as a stepping point to connect people. And so just being in that position, I was like, okay, I could get this person to help me with that. And I could get this person to help me with this, you know? And so, yeah, it's been, so I had this idea since September of 2019 and that we, you know, I kind of just like dreamed about it, you know, up until Christmas. And I was like, okay, January, like I'm going to running full force. And then I hit a wall in March of 2020, as everyone did. As everyone um, did, yes. Yeah, and so it was kind of a blessing in disguise in the sense mm-hmm. that I had more opportunities to prepare. I 
took courses. I joined every free workshop that I could possible that I could get my hands on. So that way I could, you know, prepare myself better. I've had, I've had other businesses and they failed and I didn't prepare myself. And I was like, I can't do that to my husband. Like I have to make this work long-term. It's something needed. This is not something that's going to be around for four or five years. Like I want this to kind of be a legacy for for all Latinos in the Chicagoland area. I mean, I get people reaching out from LA, Miami, just to to like pick my brain and like, they're so amazing what we're doing. So I guess we should probably talk about that, right? Because we haven't really talked about Luna y Cielo. So Luna y Cielo Play Cafe is a bilingual Spanish playroom here in Chicago. And it is to support Latino children continue the Spanish language. And the reason why, like I said before, was I noticed that there was a lot of parents asking how to maintain bilingualism in our culture. There are other Spanish classes, but a lot of those are geared towards monolingual families and there was nothing really for our gente Mm -hmm. and I kept on hearing that oh my gosh this is amazing because when we go to playrooms we feel like a like we're sticking out like a sore thumb like we're being looked at you know at a, a certain way and I was just like this is gonna be amazing this is a place that you know lots of parents have wanted dreamt about maybe they hadn't thought about it but you know now they want it right because it's it's gonna be available soon so I'm excited to bring this opportunity for everyone excited for my kids to be part of the business they're like excited my son's always like what about the business are we going to the business and how about this for the business so they've definitely been my sounding board even though they don't know yeah no that's great yeah and I just love the concept of it because yeah you're so right like there there aren't like spaces for bilingual families and children you know and and i've done my research i'm very intentional with the way i want a parent raising a bilingual child that's something that i definitely want d to just continue on and have the sense of identity and pride but oftentimes these spaces are only either provided in the household or Mm -hmm. at school, and that is if you put your child in a dual language program. But what happens in just like in a regular social setting, like where, you know, where one bilingual kid interacts with another. And and so I just love how Luna y Cielo does provide this space and not just for children, but also for parents as well, because in a way it's connecting folks that perhaps wish that they, would have had this kind of experience, you know, as children, (laughs) but also as ways to just connect and communicate with people, grow with each other. I think it definitely takes a village, not just to parent, but also in, if you want to be intentional in raising a bilingual kid, it's always great to connect with other bilingual families because it expands more connection and, and fruitfulness of the language as well with another family. And they get your journey. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I love this. And so, yeah. And, and you are so right about, you know, that yes, there are some bilingual programs and, and I could name one that is in Naperville because I'm here in the Western suburbs Mm -hmm. and I've seen ads I've seen, you know, I've even gone to the website and I'm like, 
these kids do not look like my child, you know? <laughs> and and I, I don't want to be very sensitive in saying that this is cultural appropriation, but in a way it's like, well, why are these kids having an advantage over my child? And because it's, and money. I'm sure, yeah, yeah, because of money, right? <laughs> and, and if I were to get paid more, maybe I could put D in this space. But again, it's not about that connection that you have with other, you know, bilingual families or with families who have this sense of cultura in them and, and who are, you know, they just want to pass along their heritage and roots, right? Yeah. And that's something that as someone who who is a parent, like I said, I'm very intentional with where I want to take my child. And I'm so glad that Luna y Cielo literally was created right yeah. after Dee was born. Yeah. But it's also like, oh my gosh, how is this like the only business in Chicago, right? Like Luna Girl, y Cielo I know, is... I already know that I'm sure <laughs> composition will be popping up. And, yeah, true, true. You know, it is what it is. Like everyone's going to have their own little niche. I've built out my business, my brand, my, you know, but everyone's going to be different. You know, I stand for certain things and yeah, I probably, I'm going to piss off a a couple, some people, but you know, I stand by my values. Mm -hmm. I want, I want equity for all. How could that be bad? You know, but truly we talk a lot about deconstructing or decolonizing our ways of of raising our children, being progressive. Like those are the types of things that like I want to be able to bring to Luna y Cielo. Like I've talked to Liliana from Bilingual Speechy about, you know, hosting different workshops. You know, there's a lot of new like whole parenting or what's the other gentle parenting ideas, ideologies that can really change the way you parent and just having like those types of workshops in our space I think would just be amazing so it's like little things like that that will make Luna y Cielo different from yes other people who who end up I don't want to say copy what's another word who mimic us or or you know the competition you know Mm -hmm. I welcome it you know I mean we could either do it together we have um, we do have uh, we will eventually have opportunities for franchise but that's down the road but you know I've told another colleague of mine like when you walk down a an aisle full of water how many brands of water are there? There's mm-hmm. a plenty, right? And like each water bottle has a different flavor, a different taste, you exactly. know, or like gym, or like gym shoes, right? Like right. how many different brands on there? There are certain brands that people like and there's certain mm-hmm. brands that people don't like mm-hmm. and that's what they choose. And, exactly. you know, just trying to set myself apart. I am the first ever bilingual playroom, I think in the country even. Yeah. So just once we open our doors, so we did find, we, I just was realizing it's been a month since we've had our lease, since we've had our space and the interior designer is still working on designing her, the space. So we haven't started really yet, but I'm hoping to start soon, get everything up and running. The only bad thing is that there's some red tape with the city of Chicago Mm. and I have to get an inspection and so we're kind of going to be running into the holidays I'm like okay no don't stress like yeah 
if I open in 2023, then so be it. As long as I open, right. it, it'll, it'll open and I know it'll be successful. We've had a lot of amazing coverage from the media, including you. You yeah. came out and you've supported us several times. And I had yeah. you, you interviewed with ABC7. Right. which is kind of cool they just re cool. they just reposted that again oh did they oh, yeah that's good. So, like, i kept like googling <laughs> yeah, yeah 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 it was yeah the weird it was weird how they posted it but i like that yes. i have a separate link now so yeah, i could good. share yeah definitely. but it was really exciting and then the only bad thing was that i finally saw like racist people on there and i'm just like you know mm. they're out there they're never mm -hmm. gonna go away you know mm. just ignore the noise and like what kind of are, comments did you get you know you can't even they need to learn english before they learn spanish and, and someone was like why are like... you yeah well, you know well, they're uneducated what can mm -hmm. i say you know someone's mm -hmm. like oh but if you go to another country they're gonna expect you to speak their language and it's like yeah but these other countries like are usually multilingual, multilingual. like you have to know more than if you only know two that's pretty bad like you need mm -hmm. to know three and four different languages in europe so right. yeah it's just it's bad with the mm -hmm. the current rhetoric of our politics and mm -hmm. and such yeah we are so, yeah. yeah no yeah that's great yeah well first i want to say like congratulations that you finally found your space and yeah. there is an official address and now it's being decorated and hopefully that inspection goes well because you know yeah. the, city, the city don't lie sometimes yeah we'll get there and yeah. we'll be open one day but yeah i'm excited because i was looking on the south side i really wanted to be on the south side of chicago i grew up on the north side in logan square which is mm -hmm. where our location is but I wanted to be intentionally on the south side because there are no playrooms on the south side you know and I so I wanted to be there on the south side it didn't work out I looked at a space that it was in La Vita and it was already zoned correctly mm -hmm. um, and it used to be like a children's facility and so once I got the taste of not having to do a build out, not having mm -hmm. to do like a bunch of like permits, I was like, I want this like, so that way I don't get in over my head and then it takes longer. And so I was like, okay, I knew this spot would have been available for a while and it used to be a playroom and they left mm -hmm. their little playhouse in there. So I'm excited. Oh, yeah. yeah. So I don't have to build it. The owner was really cool. He understood what I was trying to do. He loved it. He's himself. He's not Latino, but he he's Indian, I believe. So like he understood the cultural, yes. yeah. you know, aspects that, that all people from different cultures have to face when they come to the United right. States. So he really appreciated what I was doing. So yeah, I'm excited. Yeah. Oh, and then yeah. just like be back in Logan Square was amazing because I grew up in Logan Square when there was still like drug houses just like blocks away from me. Shootings, it, they weren't, it wasn't as bad. But I do remember like driving down Diversity Avenue where I, where I grew up seeing a bunch of like empty storefronts mm -hmm. and people would always be like oh if you wanna if you want this to change from being an empty storefront you got to do something about it and 
I would have never guessed that it was going to be me, but yeah. <laughs> I'm yeah. glad it is. So, yeah. Yeah. It, it's, it's funny how it comes full circle, right? Like, For sure. And now, and whether, you know, if, if it was, if it was fate or if it was intentional or whatever it is, like, it's just amazing how you're going to contribute back to your community. You're yeah. going to have this space available for folks. And, and yeah, and even though it, it is in the North side, you know, I also grew up on the North side and, mm -hmm. and in a way I used to get jealous of my cousins who grew up in little village because there was this strong sense of identity, especially as someone who is Mexicana, mm -hmm. like that wasn't really out there. Like I grew up by Reese park in Belmont mm -hmm. Cragen. Yeah. And, our culture was kind of erased and even though there were all different types of latinos you know i grew up next door to a puerto rican family and then a guatemalan family next to me and so yes even though there was kind of like that connection in the schools in like the public spaces there like it was nothing there was nothing about like latinidad at least when i grew up also like in the in the 90s and so it's like, okay, well, I'm not trying to like be divisive here, but I'm glad that at least, you know, there will be this space in the north side where oftentimes you see more like culturally like relevant spaces in the south side where oftentimes, mm -hmm. you know, perhaps leveling the playing field because we also mm -hmm. need to remember that there are folks in the Belmont Cragen area, Calvin Park area, Logan Square, even though there, you know, there has been gentrification there, like there are still Latinos in that area and we still need to kind of like, you know, just entice people to just to know that there are going to be spaces about their identity and their culture, if that makes sense. For so sure. I just kind of wanted to say that and give that yeah. perspective. <laughs> yeah. And you know, like, yeah. speaking of being Mexicana, I am super aware that Chicago is very Mexican centric. And yes, I want to be aware of celebrating other cultures, mm -hmm. you know, Colombians, Venezuelans, Cubanos, Ecuadorians, todo. Like I want, I don't want them to be like, oh, it's too Mexican. No, mm -hmm. I want them to feel welcome too because we are all in this together, right? Sounds like yes. COVID, but <laughs> <laughs> we we are all we are from different countries. Obviously, we have different costumbres, but at the same time, they lump us together anyways, right? right? You know, so right. like we still share the same experiences as far as, you know, racism, mm -hmm. you know, struggles in the corporate America and such in schools and stuff like that. So yeah, like, I just want everyone to feel super comfortable. I have been approached by, by Caucasian families asking if they're welcome. Of course they're welcome. I just ask that they are truly intentional about becoming bilingual mm -hmm. and you know it is gonna feel very focused on the latino child and right. you know that's who i'm choosing to focus on and it's not intentional if that person feels like they're not welcomed it's just that we need our space to feel welcomed right and so exactly. yeah i'm just yeah really oh, excited yeah. about that I'm glad. I'm glad. I'm, I'm like getting the sense of you being unapologetic and I'm glad that you are. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. we have, oh, there's so many times where we do, you know, we do have to coddle feelings 
And, you know, when do our feelings get coddled? They don't, right? right? We're kind of just like, it is what it is. And it kind of just gets shrugged off. So, exactly. yeah. 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 So you did kind of like share a little bit about Luna y Cielo and kind of like, you know, the, the overarching kind of goal that you have. But as far as with like the the space, right? Like Mm -hmm. what do you currently offer with Luna y Cielo and what will you be offering now once like the space has, you know, goes up and open for the public? Sure. So right now, since we aren't open, I have another amiga from Chicago Latina Moms who she's kind of officially, unofficially been my mentor. She is Dr. Angie. She's a chiropractor. She has space where you've been at in Pilsen. She has kind of like coached me and was like, we'll like, you should just start doing pop-up classes. I'm like, I know, but like, I have to find a place to, you know, to do it. Right. Like if I have to spend money on doing that, like I'm just going to be drowning. And that was, oh, I did last year do a crowdfunding campaign and I got a couple grants, which actually (laughs) has tied me over, you know, and not made me feel kind of like stuck because I didn't have money. So Angie was like, why don't you just come host your pop-up classes here? And so she's been really gracious and allowing me to use her space. So I can, we've been doing the classes since April and that was kind of like a slow start because I started in April right before school to summer break. So then whenever it goes on summer break, you know, it's kind of hard to, you know, get people to come in. So it really helped me once I, once I was on the block club Chicago that kind of like put me on the map. They did an article about my concept and then I was on Oh, and then from there, ABC7 reached out and they did that interview and that has really helped. I really haven't spent much on marketing, which has been just amazing and kind of everything has kind of been organic from there. And so I've been doing these pop-up classes. I've had, I don't teach the Spanish classes. I do hire someone to do them. And so these pop-up classes, they are an hour long class and the teacher does like a story time. They sing, dance, play. And then once I open, the whole full concept is to have a, a play area. Mm-hmm. And that play area is going to be culturally relevant. So think of like La Cocina. We're going to have like a mini tortilla press, a mini empanada or a pilon, which is for Puerto Rican dishes. They mash up their platanos in there for Mm. mofongo. It's really good. Mm. So like, I just want their kids to like see themselves in their cocina, you know? And so like, so yeah, so we'll have like different little PlayStations with the toquecitos, I call them, of Anoshero Cultura. And then the second part of that model is to have Spanish classes. So kids from five and up will take Spanish classes. And those are like a longer commitment. So that way the children can come fully bilingual. And I'm working with a bilingual curriculum planner who will develop a a curriculum for us for children who are Latino. And so we'll have those. We'll also have still like that kind of pop-up format story time classes for the little ones. I just have so many ideas on type of classes. (laughs) But my children, like I said, they're in dual language school. I also want 
dual language kids to be able to come for classes, mm-hmm. right? Like mm-hmm. they, as soon as they're out of school, that's it. They're, they're not speaking Spanish anymore. Mm-hmm. So I want them to have extracurricular classes, um, like a book club or a cooking class, mm-hmm. just so they can continue their Spanish. I've also been getting requests for parents to take Spanish classes. And mm-hmm. hey, I am all for that. You know, I was like, yeah, you can drop off your kids, they can play, <laughs> they can play. you know, and then the parents can go to their Spanish class. And then we are going to also have a curated bilingual mercadito, which means that we are going to have products to support parents who are raising bilingual children, including books, games, toys, t-shirts, anything. And that the mercadito, like the model of my mercadito is other small businesses We'll be able to rent a shelf in our mercadito, a flat fee, and we ring them up and then pay them. I don't know. Is it once a month, twice a month? Yeah. Yeah. So like, I don't want to steal their money, like cut into their profits. I want them to be able to, you know, another part of, you know, this whole, I don't know, my progression of life is, is building wealth. Right. And, Mm. you know, I want others to build wealth too, right? And they can't build wealth if I'm taking it away from them. So, you know, Absolutely. giving them the opportunity to be in front of the, a shared audience, I, I, I think is brilliant. Yeah. And then the fourth part of our, our model is to have a cafe. I'm not a awesome. coffee drinker. I'm a more <laughs> of a tea drinker. And it's there, but we're, we have to actually phase that into the business. Mm-hmm. The permitting process can take really long and I don't want Mm. to hold that up on us opening. So I'm going to phase that into the business. Okay. Um, Yeah. And so that's what Luna y Cielo is going to be. And I'm excited because that, that last portion is more so comunidad, right? Yes. We, we share, you know, coffee, un pan dulce and we chit chat. Right. And like, I hope everyone's like, becomes like best friends you know exactly yeah um, I know that you reconnected with Liliana through Cielo, yeah. which was amazing and then I had a, con- a connection with an, an old grammar school classmate which was really cool that is and awesome. yeah so I'm really excited yes it's so exciting I'm yeah I just love the whole concept and just like the intentionality that you have and that you're being mindful about you know not just the kids like at a specific range like you're you're focusing on like the older ones the little ones but you're also mm-hmm. thinking about the parents or the 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 child care you know givers like how do we build community mm-hmm. and and also like the the business aspect that is amazing i think that there mm-hmm. will be a lot of growth and and potential there for small business owners to like provide like so. their products <laughs> yeah yeah, I'm all for it. Oh my gosh, I am so excited. <laughs> and one thing that I want to mention is that, you know, we have driven like 40 minutes away, you know, yeah. to, to Pilsen. It might be a little further yeah. once you go up north, <laughs> but it's telling that there is a necessity you know, there is such for a need sure. in, in these And you're spaces. not the only person coming from the birds, which is yeah. really cool. Yeah. So I've had, I, I think I lost track but I had people coming from Oak Lawn. Oh, wow. Norwich, which is like, it's like on the border of Chicago, but it's like, it's, it's still pretty far from Pilsen. So Mm. midway, 
excuse me, Midway, McKinley Park, Pilsen. I can't remember if anyone comes from way north, that northern suburbs. But yeah, I'm excited. Oh, and then with the cafe, I forgot to mention. So I want to be able to bring in like other Latino fare. So like, I don't know if you've ever heard of Borinquen Cupcakes. They are, it's a Puerto Rican based cupcake place. Yes. And yes. so like, I want to be able to bring her stuff. Like, I don't want to reinvent the wheel, right? Like, right. <laughs> I'm just going to, you know, partner with different other Latino businesses for the coffee and for the the sweets. And, you know, maybe we'll have like tamales, empanadas, something that I don't have to make, but we can like heat up and, right. and you know, just like, you know, small bites, not nothing too fancy, right? We're not a full restaurant, but I'm excited. Right. That is I keep so on saying I'm fun. excited, but I am. No, I am too, and it's great. I'm sure even, like, whoever's listening is, like, very excited to hear. Yeah, and, like, you know, considering that this is, like, the only bilingual playroom in Chicago, like, how does that make you feel? It's funny because I never thought of it that way. Like, I never thought about how I feel about it. Yeah. I mean it's pretty cool I mean like <laughs> literally everyone that I tell or like oh my god that's amazing it's pretty cool I mean I've never been like it's like a whole new category like mm-hmm. it's the playroom's not a new category well it is from within the last 10 years but like there's never been a bilingual Spanish playroom so right. I don't know it's pretty cool um, my daughter did ask me a while ago when we were leaving Target and she's like because she's told me that she wants to be a Spanish teacher and I'm like yeah oh, go for it awesome. you know yeah. and then she goes mommy when I get older can I have can I like be the boss of Luna and Sierra? I was like yeah just you still have to go to school become your become the Spanish teacher so that way you can like run that yeah. portion but yeah like I want this to be like a legacy business and absolutely yeah well I'm very proud of you and it's been uh, a couple months you. since I've known you but you know as as also like a member of the Chicago Latina moms and just you know just knowing that you have flourished within the last couple of like I would say even half a year like there has been a lot of momentum and know that you do have a community that will support your business, including myself. It doesn't matter mm-hmm. how far we live because yeah, I think this is just an amazing space and it will just be something that will be very impactful for mm-hmm. not just our children, but even for ourselves as, mm. as parents. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so I, I feel you. like we didn't have this space obviously growing up like it was different right like first of all there was never playrooms and like Mm -hmm. there was you were always I guess integrated with other families which is completely fine but to have something specifically for Latinos who understand the struggles that we've gone through when yeah yeah I can't wait to open and like like see all the families coming through like I've gotten so many messages on Instagram just like really excited or just people just thanking me for doing something like this and I'm like I can't wait to see you and I'm just like I'm gonna see so many people that have I've said that too and I'm gonna be like how many who, who was that I gotta retrace yeah, you're like stuff. a celebrity now no 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 I gotta 
not a celebrity no and not unless I get paid those celebrity books <laughs> that's funny no I just you know I'm a girl from the hood mm. that you know was fortunate enough to go to college and you know I went through through struggles. I got made fun of for not speaking Spanish correctly, for having an accent. And so I used to work at a finance company and, you know, and it was only, it was mostly like 99% Spanish speaking. And then there was like Serbian and Polish, but like people would be like, oh, you're a gringa I'm like yeah I am like what do you want me to do like they they were thinking like it was a bad thing and I'm just thinking like these are people who I know are undocumented and you're gonna sit here and make fun of me because Mm -hmm. I am I was born here like it just Mm -hmm. didn't make sense but you know I've had to like I just did a reel about this like why people lose their Spanish right and it could be anywhere from, from, oh goodness, what is that word? Is assimilation. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I was saying earlier, you know, par- teachers, let's, let's call it what it is, white teachers, mm-hmm. because of their white supremacy, right? Because when I say white supremacy, I'm not trying to talk about, I guess I have to explain it, right? Because some people might get, yeah, right. go like to 100. When I say white supremacy, supremacy I'm saying they think being white is superior Mm -hmm. to being Latino and therefore they didn't want people to speak or their students to speak Spanish Mm -hmm. and so a lot of them got beat from it they the teachers literally beat the language out of them my Mm. cousin God rest his soul he's already passed but he when he was in kindergarten he went to a predominantly white school and he only knew Spanish and so when he would speak they would make fun of him Mm. because he wasn't white enough right he was he didn't speak the language and ever since then he never spoke Spanish you know and so there's another TikTok creator that was saying the same thing like she said something and it she it didn't sound perfect right and she got made fun of and so from then on she stopped talking about or using her language she wanted to become more more anglicized Mm -hmm. there are you know so if you grew up in the 50s and 60s and you were told not to speak Spanish, we're not teaching Spanish to your children. children. Mm-hmm. And your grandchildren don't know Spanish. And so there's a common, there's a known fact. The first generation knows and speaks Spanish. The second generation understands. And then by the third generation, they don't speak and they don't understand. And Mm. to say that my third generation kids speak, write, and read Spanish is amazing. There's just so many reasons. And it's nobody's business to make make fun of. And I don't ever recall ever making fun of a person who their first language is Spanish when they try to speak English. I've never done that. I've never seen anyone else, unless it was another Caucasian person kind of, you know, just making fun of, but it's Mm -hmm. never a Latino person 
making fun of another Latino person trying to speak mm-hmm. English, you know? So I just really hope that people, you know, and then, right, they've been talking about the No Sabo kid. And it's like, is it really their fault? Mm-hmm. Yeah, some of them do, some of those kids do este protest, I guess, would be a word mm-hmm. to not speak the language. But then they regret it, you know, yeah. but you can't force it on them, you know, right. and some of the some of these parents who don't know Spanish, maybe that's one of their reasons why they don't know Spanish is because they protested. But there's a lot of different reasons um, why people don't know Spanish. Yeah, I love how you mentioned how even like in one generation, it can make a big difference, Yeah, whether if the language will be passed on. And I'm glad, though, that in these times, and I had a conversation with Monica in the podcast, and she is the creator of Viva Kids Learning. She has like an online tiendita. Yeah, I've seen her. Yeah, yeah. And she has mentioned that a lot of people, I would say, like older millennials and who are raising children are having this. Yeah, I know. I'm kind of like in the middle. Kind of there. Yeah, but she was mentioning how there's this resurrection of of the language and culture because they they see the importance and they kind of feel like that responsibility of passing it on and it's up to them. Like it's yeah, it's literally up to us whether if we want to continue it on or if we want to stop. And and again, it's no shaming tampoco and and you know for folks that haven't had the opportunity to raise bilingual children i think that as long as you integrate a little bit you know whether if it's even taking them to luna y cielo right like that can be an opportunity there but yeah i just love how yeah this this space will will create you know just like an impact in any kind of like parent in any kind of child whether if they are fully you know, immersed or they're starting to, I think it would be a great space just to have this level of connection. So I love that. And and there's even parents who are an interracial couple, right? And so you have a white person and then a Spanish speaking person and you're like, oh crap, like, how do you Mm -hmm. do this? Right. And there's, um, there's a lady on Instagram, bilingual play date I believe it's called and her husband is white and she's Dominican and she like but the husband is for it which is great and he's learning too but there are some that some people that maybe think that it's too difficult to learn another language and you know there's just so many different reasons and I just wish we wouldn't judge each other for that you know like and it's the Latinos that are judging us for and it's like we already have judgment from white people right because we're not white enough we're not american enough why do we need it from latinos it just doesn't make sense i wish we can just knock it off already (laughs) exactly exactly no but i'm glad that you brought this up because that makes a big impact not just in the way that we kind of experience it you know as we we parent or mother you know, but even in your business, and I'm glad that you you brought this up because I think Luna y Cielo will definitely bring this space for for anyone in whichever level. But again, as long as they are being intentional in raising bilingual children or they want to start, I'm glad that at least, yeah, like you're providing that space, you know, for them. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And there are, we do have, I do have people who are doing the work and they are sticking to Spanish yeah. only and 
when their kids go to anywhere else, the library, they can't speak to other children because they don't know Spanish. Yeah. And so those moms are like super excited that their kids can actually talk to other yeah. kids. I do have parents who only speak English whether they're white or Latino. And so I'm also considering, I don't know how to incorporate it yet, but we will incorporate where we have time specifically for parents that, you know, struggle with the language, Mm -hmm. have, I don't know what to call them, but I've always in my head, I've been calling them like play associates. I don't know why, but it just, it resonates with me, but just have someone who already speaks Spanish to get in there, play with the kids in Spanish and just like coax that language out and kind of like teach the parent how to engage in Spanish, you know, just like, vamos a, I don't know, vamos a cocinar or vamos a subir a las escaleras or just like helping them just a little, but yeah, that's, you know, something I've kind of toyed around with because we got to be inclusive (laughs) right exactly absolutely yeah I love it and yeah it's just going to I I I keep saying about making an impact and you're just going to make such a big impact in in all different levels and for many people in different walks of life yeah yeah I love how intentional you are with that and and inclusivity yeah yeah. Well, I have some final questions. Mm-hmm. I always ask these to my guests, um, and mm-hmm. these are very specific to Viva La Mami and mm-hmm. motherhood in general. So what still surprises you about being a mommy? Oh, girl, <laughs> still so many judgmental mamas. I feel like it's changing, though. I feel like I, so I'm going to be 40 next year. And so I'm just like, when I heard TikTok, I was like, no, I'm too old for that. But when I got on, finally got on TikTok, I was like, Mm -hmm. damn, there's a lot of like really good information on this web, on this platform. And like Mm -hmm. mom's talking about like how parenting has affected their relationship because we do a lot of work like you can either be a stay-at-home mom that you're on 24 7 or you can have a nine to five plus you still have the 24 Mm -hmm. 7 being a mom Mm -hmm. right Right. Uh, and so like I feel like moms are starting to realize how much work we actually do and say like hey partner you need to to step it up a little bit and we can do this together right some I'm grateful that my partner has been really open about understanding what moms do. I know that's not the case for everyone. That's a privilege of mine. And just, you know, under, you know, within the last 20 years, we've, scientists have learned about brain development, especially in children and how kids function And there are so many like different TikTok creators that like talk about how you can't teach your child how to become responsible when their brain isn't fully developed. And it's like, oh, damn, Mm -hmm. like we're over here yelling at the kid 20 times every single morning to put on their shoes. I was just having a conversation with one of the ladies that comes to the classes. We speak to friends or like, you know, just we we chat or whatever. Mm -hmm. But 
she, her daughter came to class the other day and she was worried about her daughter roaming around. And it's like, that's what they're supposed to do. Like, just explore. They're learning boundaries. And I feel like when I've always gone through the mentality of like, people like judging for how I raise my my child like I let him express his emotions and some people don't appreciate that so like I want to be there to tell mom it's okay if if your child is quote-unquote acting out it's not that they're acting out they're just excited they're they're wanting to explore things they want to learn about their bodies they want to learn about what their voice does it yells they want to learn about that's something new right I don't know if you're aware but now in class in school I know for sure in Illinois in public school especially you have to learn about social emotional learning mm-hmm. amazing like we we have schools that don't know how to talk about their feelings right especially mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know like they always say that we are emotional no man they're freaking emotional they just we just we're not just like, dude, cut it out with your emotions, you know, like do us. And so, yeah, I just think like we need to like support other parents. And like, so back to the story about mom, the lady in the class, I was, I was asking her and I was like, no, like you're fine. Like that's what she's supposed to do. And she's like, oh, I feel like, you know, like we feel like if our kid is like, you know, doing something that they're not supposed to, like it's a reflection on us. Mm. You know what I mean? Mm. Like, it's like, no, like we, we need to get out of that mindset. They're not doing it to like be mean. They just want to see like literally what happens. You know? Yeah. They're curious. Yeah. and, And I feel like in our culture, and I've definitely seen this with my mom because my parents, they take care of D while we're working. Like we both have a nine to five. And so we're very privileged that, you know, the grandparents are able to to take care of him. But I've definitely noticed, and this is just like Latinos in general. I'm not aiming this towards mom. So mommy, it's not against anything about you. <laughs> Full disclaimer. But I feel like in our culture, we restrict, you know, the child. And it can be in terms of feelings, okay, oh, porque yo lo dije, or tu papá lo dijo, you know, or like, no, no hagas eso. But there's no explanation as to why, you know, you're setting those boundaries or even like, yeah, like messing things up, like it's totally okay. And, and yeah, I think I'm really excited for Luna y Cielo to provide like kind of like workshops and providing like evidence-based information, you know, and informing parents that okay there's a reason why your child does this it's not just because they're trying to ruin things or whatever so yeah I'm glad yeah I'm like every time I like think the topic I'm like I write it down in like my notes to make sure like we come up with some sort of workshop down the road to discuss ideas and I, I hope that like moms will come away feeling like less judged and wanting to support other parents like I always make it a point to like tell a mom something nice you know like you're doing a good job when do we ever hear that we're doing a good job you know or just like any little any little thing to uplift uplift their spirit too so well thank you so much for sharing that it's 
it will be very, very helpful for many Latina moms to to know and hear and and share, you know, compartir their experiences as as a mother, as a parent. And so what is one tip of advice you have for Latina mommies? One tip? Ooh, I would say give yourself grace. Um, things don't always have to be perfect. Like I I've just been recently thinking about like how my mom would want our house to be perfectly cleaned, right? Mm-hmm. And a big neat freak. I for me, I'm just like, there's so many, so much other things, so many other things that I can do with my time versus cleaning. I know that's super privileged. Um we pay someone to come to clean our house. It's not all the time, but it's like more like of a deep clean. And I'm just like, I apologize. It does sound very, very privileged of me, but me, I would rather, you know, build a connection, go to a seminar, go to a workshop. Yeah, no. Yeah. Thank you for normalizing, getting help on the cleaning side, because I, yeah, this was something that I spoke with, with, that I talked with my therapist, how like guilty I feel that I don't dedicate time to make my home you know, like spotless and and the way that I grew up seeing. And even till this day, you know, that's like something that my, my mom is just very adamant. Like you have to have a clean house because that defines who you are as, as a mom, as a wife. And so, yeah, we get all these pressures. Yeah. But if we do have the means, and this is something I keep telling my husband, I'm like, I'm just going to get to the point where I'm going to have to get you know like someone to clean our house like literally just like yeah get rid of everything here almost and and it's okay and so thank you for normalizing that and final question what is your meaning of motherhood what motherhood means to me is you know has evolved over the last almost 11 years my oldest is almost 11 and i feel like especially with Chicago Latina Moms and the community that we have built there. The founder is Isabel Gonzalez-Smith, and she's a really dear friend of mine. And she's just shaped a lot of like my thoughts now of, of being a Latina and being a mother and madrehood. And I think that the way it has changed, I, I guess now I reflect back at like how my parents' generation was. And it was always like, oh, you have a friend? Let's gossip about our friend. Let's talk mm-hmm. shit about it. And I was just like, why would we do that? You know, like mm-hmm. whatever, like we have so many other people that are, that go against us. Like, yes. why can't we lift each other up? You know? Right. And so Isa, when she created Chicago Latina Moms, all of her family lives in Mexico she lives here so she wanted a community a village of support and she couldn't find that and so w- literally when she googled chicago latina moms all she found was you know teen pregnancy and domestic violence which is mm-hmm. like wait a minute we are more than just that mm-hmm. you know and so it was an intentional build moms who are supportive a lot of us happen to be professional moms. That's just how it is, right? Mm-hmm. Of course, we accept people who are not professional, but it, that just ends up, I just don't want people to think that we're too professional and yeah, that we like don't, exclusive. you know. Yeah, I don't, yeah. I, I don't like to <clears throat> exclude other people. Um, mm-hmm. But 
we are stereotyped into catty women or women who are feisty or mm-hmm. sexy and this and that and it's, that's not that's not who we are right like we're more than just that right we are intentional moms we are smart we are loving and you know i i really love the fact that this group has been created and i would say motherhood now to me is more of a, a community of comadres well vanessa thank you so much for being here i really appreciate it you're just amazing it's it's an honor and a privilege to have you here because it is la mera mera i'm just not just gonna say that but i had a really great conversation with you so thank you so much for sharing your story and and you know your business as well i wish you the best of luck as you Finally, have your space, hopefully in the coming months. And and where can people follow you? Yes, we are at, so our website is lunaicieloplay.com. Our handles on IG are, and Facebook are Luna y Cielo Play. Um, we're on TikTok too. I'll make sure to share your website and your handles on the show notes. And any other like resources that you mentioned as well, make sure to to share that. But again, thank you so much for being here. I appreciate it. Thank you for tuning in to the Viva La Mami podcast. If you like this episode, make sure to leave a review and write what episode really resonated with you. If you really loved it, share it on social media or with an amiga. As always, please subscribe to this podcast wherever you are listening. Make sure to follow me at Viva La Mami on Instagram or visit VivaLaMami.com. Please note the information shared in this podcast is for educational purposes only and should not be replaced by your healthcare provider nor taken as professional advice.